listening to Make It, a podcast by Bonsai Creative that helps aspiring professionals in film get where they're going faster by dissecting the advice, knowledge, and insights of professional creatives in the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley. Stratton, fantastic actor here uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, and across the nation. Isaiah, uh, why don't you tell us uh, what your primary craft is, where we might be able to see you uh, doing those things? Yeah, um, primary craft, like you just said, actor. I've been based out of Nashville now for the last six years, but traveling all over the country for work, which has been great. Um, this past year, I worked on uh, Mr. Mercedes TV show mm-hmm. uh, that filmed in Charleston. I had a guest star role on MacGyver. I worked on that f- uh, down in Atlanta for a week. Then I was over in Virginia, worked on Homeland for a few episodes. That new season is actually coming out, I believe, starts next week, February 11th, I mean, episodes wow. one and two. And then also working on a film... I uh, was started shooting last year uh, down at the Dominican with the British director Chris Morris, uh, with um, Anna Kendrick, Dennis O'Hare, Adam David Thompson, and actually found out looks like going to be going back to the Dominican uh, in a couple weeks to do some more pickup shots for that. And not sure when that's going to be coming out uh, with it being a feature, but it's been a pretty pretty amazing project to be wrapped up in for sure. Perfect. That's all incredibly exciting. I, I need to catch up on Mr. Mercedes. I heard that is a great show. Yeah, I've actually have not seen all the episodes. I've read the books, um, but I was excited to see kind of what the actors did with it. Because obviously they want to translate to screen. A lot of times the story gets modified a little bit. So I'm interested to see how they carried it all out. Yeah, yeah, man. And I'm already a big Homeland fan, so I'm going to be checking that out. That's, oh, that's, awesome. Uh, Very cool. That's fantastic. All right, so uh, I will start out with um, the question I kind of start out with for for everyone, which is, you know, what is the biggest challenge you've overcome as a filmmaker or actor, and how did you overcome it? I mean, I guess as an as an actor, it's that finding that balance in keeping a life flexible enough to be able at the drop of a hat to go do, you know, some of these jobs that we get called super late to do while also, you know, making ends meet, you know, it's that, that kind of dance between pursuing what you love and also financing the reality of you have to, you know, pay for a place to put your head down at night. Right. So whether what that hustle be is, you know, picking up some type of serving job or rideshare driving or, you know, picking up, Hey, a buddy has a super low budget film they're shooting on, but you know, it's like, Hey, if you don't have anything going on, you jump on a lot of times because, it's just it's constantly making uh, making it a possibility for you to have that flexibility because um, I've had people uh, I left I used to be in logistics after I got out of the military and was in management with logistics company doing well before I decided to you know pursue acting full-time and I've had people you know since I've been doing this that you know hey I can get you a job doing this or a job doing that I'm like no that's that's not the reason I left a good job to do this you know it's like I 
I'm an actor. I'm not trying to find a steady job somewhere else. You know, it's like, this is what you try to do. And I think that's probably the hardest thing that dance between waiting for the hard work to pay off to get that gig that gives you the breathing room financially, you know? Right. And you get these people from the quote unquote real world, uh, coming back to you constantly, uh, sort of moving you off your mark or attempting to move you off your mark. Uh, (laughs) I think it takes a lot of courage and it's good advice for, uh, young creatives to say the earlier you can be two feet in, you know, probably the better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, what go a little deeper on that for me though. Um, you talked about that flexibility, what does that mean? Does that mean um, being careful about relationships? Does that mean not getting a real job that that has you working forty to sixty hours a week? Is it all of that? I think everybody's everybody's different for sure, and I I've, I speak obviously for my own personality, my own character quirks for what I do. Um, I think relationships. Um, that's definitely something you need to be very upfront with somebody. If you're interested, you know, meet somebody and you're starting to, you know, pursue a relationship to be very upfront. I mean, I had that conversation, um, with my, with my girlfriend when I first met her, I was very upfront. Like I am an actor. This is what I do. If that's going to be an issue, you know, with all that, as far as the financial instability, I told her, I was like, Hey, some months are going to be great. Some months I'm going to be like, ah, you know, we're going to not be going out, you know, to eat and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, exactly. and then also the, emotional and uh, relational part of it as far as like being apart sometimes for long periods of time and just the other dynamics of sharing, you know, intimate moments on screen with other people, you know, all those things, obviously you have to talk through with relationships. Um, but then as far as the career side of it, uh, I guess it's just kind of been a, a tightrope walk for me these last six years, as far as kind of picking up a serving job when you need, cause sometimes, you know, you do, you, you have a couple good months, you know, you do a job that pays for your bills for several months. And then you're like, Hey, I have to pick up a serving job or go out and do some rideshare driving or things like that. And I don't ever want to tell somebody else what to do career wise, as far as like, you can't get a job and make it work. Cause I have seen people that have jobs that are really flexible with them and supportive. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's amazing. Um, I maybe just haven't found something like that that was flexible enough for me with, a lot of times, you know, you have to be able to travel. Like I got to be in Atlanta tomorrow. What does that look like for, if you have a 40 hour week job, you know, a lot of times your, your boss isn't going to be able to be able to allow you to do that. It's not like he doesn't want to, but you have to be able to find a place where if this is what you want to do, you have to be able to do it and live with kind of the uncertainty of not having a full-time job. I feel like it's just the balance I've had to find. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and so that was the dance you were dancing, this dance of uh, flexibility so you can go after what you want, your passion. And mm-hmm. uh, it seems like you've learned that dance very well. So so what's the biggest challenge you're facing right now as an actor? You know, a lot of time it's, uh, man, it's, I'm at the career point where I'm looking at, I feel like I need to make a geographic move. So I think that's my biggest thing right now. I have a plan to go out to Los Angeles uh, for the majority of March and all of April. Awesome. Uh, to, Cause I have uh, my manager there has been really pushing me to come out. Cause he said, you know, I have casting directors that want to see you, but out there it's still very much, they want to see you in the room. It's not so much taped auditions. Uh, and so he's really been pushing me to go out there. And I think this is just um, a time I need to go spend, you know, the, the collateral basically of time and finances to try to build relationships out there. 
Um, so that's definitely been a big um, planning block of my year. And then after that, I'm looking at probably making the move to Atlanta because that's where my agent is based. Um, and so just having the ability, again, with casting directors down there, for them, it's become more of a psychological thing this year. I've seen that they want to know that you live in that area. Yeah. It doesn't really matter that, oh, you're three, four hours away. It doesn't matter. They want to know that you're there. And so that's right now, that's a, the biggest hurdle I'm kind of working on finding, you know, place to live down there and just all those things. I don't know what's going to happen in California. Maybe something hits where I stay out there. So it's kind of very much up in the air right now. Yeah, I, I would say that's been the big theme over the last year. I would say half the creatives Nick and I have talked to have either moved to Los Angeles or Atlanta in the mm -hmm. last year uh, or make are making plans to move. So I, I thought that was uh, I think that's really interesting. And it's again, it takes the courage to do it and, and the belief in yourself. Um, speaking of belief, what, what are the two best pieces of advice you've received so far in your career and, and who did they come from? Mm. Uh, well, that's a good question. Um, I think some of the things, maybe I haven't gotten it like a face to face, but I, I, I watch a lot of behind the scenes work on films and also a lot of on camera interviews and things like that. Um, it's really interesting. I just watched a YouTube clip with uh, Jenna Fisher, uh, Pam from the office. Yeah. 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 Um, she was doing an off-camera with Sam Jones interview. One of the things she said, uh, she said she, she personally uh, had pretty bad posture for a lot of her life, just kind of like slumped forward, almost like a this apology of who I am. I'm sorry I'm in this room and not like owning your physical presence. And so she said when she booked the role of Pam, it was actually kind of perfect for that character to just kind of carry that through. But then afterwards, she worked on another role where it had to be much more stand, you know, good posture, be um, fill the space basically. And don't, and she said, I felt like almost arrogant in the way I was walking. Cause I was so used to not having good posture, not mm -hmm. owning who I was. And she got the, I forget who she said, said it to her, but they said, and I took it for myself. It's like, don't ever apologize for the space you take up as an artist, whether that be, you know, it can be the very core level of just your person, your, the way you look, the way you choose to look, but also for your art. And if you have a story you, you feel like you need to tell, don't apologize for that story. Like if you believe you need to tell it, then just tell it. Cause you know, you always get some kickback from some people that don't get certain parts of art or don't understand why you would do a certain thing. But I felt that was amazing. And I guess just, it was so fresh just hearing that yesterday that popped into my mind. Yes. Um, that's great. And I guess just one of the other one, it feels almost cliche to say, but so many people have said it. If you have a fallback plan, it's very difficult to really go all in. And, you know, like I'm saying, like to go out to L.A. without knowing exactly how that's going to play out, to just move to Atlanta without knowing exactly how that's going to play out. And I've had people ask, well, what, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I, dude, I'm, I'm in my 30s now. Like th this is what I'm doing. I've already done eight years in the Marine Corps. I've already done corporate America. Like I, I know what those things are and this is what I love to do and this is what I'm going to do. It's like I don't have a fallback plan. Yeah, I love that. And so I think it gives you that hunger, you know, that drive to just keep plowing through and you get months and months of – rejection or you don't get that job and you're like, Hey, another one's going to come. You're not thinking about, Oh, I guess I'm just going to go get a safe job somewhere where I can look at a computer screen, which is great. I mean, I'm an introvert. I'll look at a computer screen if you pay me to. Uh, but it's, it's that hunger. I think that you get of not having a fallback plan. You just live that way. Yeah. This idea of putting yourself on death ground and sending your ships away once you land mm -hmm. on the Island for, yeah. for, for battle. Burn the ships. Yeah, burn yep. the ships. And uh, only way off this island is through that army in front of you. 
mm-hmm. um, metaphorically speaking. So, so that's, uh, I think that is so, that's such good advice. Um, um, in, in my opinion. And I think that some of the times I've tried to go after something, my fallback plan has been such a good one that I've done such a good job of planning, uh, even myself that I don't have the pressure to do the thing I wanted to do because I knew that my plan B was so well planned out and executed. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And and it does hold you back. Um, If you could uh, provide filmmakers with with one piece of advice, what would it be? Filmmakers, actors, writers, any, any, any creative, um, just a broad advice. What, what, What would it be? I'd say go make art. I mean, just don't wait to make the perfect film. Don't wait to make the perfect short film, the, the perfect script. Like just make something and make something because the first time it's going to suck probably unless you're just a brilliant person. And the second time you just want to suck less. And the third time you want to suck less. And like before you know it, you're because if you've never even, if you've never even written a scene, you know, right. A, a 45 second scene and just, set up a camera and get a friend, you know, just shoot something and then look at it and figure, Oh, I could have done this better. Well, you just learned something. And if you hadn't done it, you wouldn't have learned that. Right. And it's like, I've made several short films now and I've learned so much from each one of them. And like, I, I, I want to make more, um, you know, acting is my main love, but I feel like sometimes there's stories like, Oh, this is, this would be an amazing story. We should tell it. We should figure out a way to do this. And I've seen some people that get so, uh, paralyzed by thinking, Oh, this, it's not going to be perfect. I'm like, no, it's not because we're humans. We're not perfect. You might not get into X, Y, or Z film festival, but you're going to make something and you're going to learn from it. Yeah. And so it's like, if, if when I have somebody that asks me to do a, a project, I'm like, can you send me some of your work if I, if I have no clue who they are? If they have no body of work yet to see, I'm much more reticent to, to agree to work with them as opposed to, I helped with this um, music video end of last year. It was a very, very low budget, a lot less than I would normally agree to work on but the guy sent me a short film that he and his sister had done and it was gorgeous like amazing i'm like okay i see you are very talented that says a world more than somebody just trying to sell you on it verbally i'm like no go make something just make something yeah give me something to look at and it goes back to what you said earlier about hey uh i remain flexible so that i can do this short film it doesn't pay anything but i'm polishing my craft Right. And I'm developing a relationship with yeah. somebody because in the, in the guy that, you know, on that, on that music video, to be fair, he was very, very open, honest about it. He's like, look, it's not really a budget. And I'm, and I know I'm asking you a favor. I know I'm asking that, but he said, we like to find people who are great and we want, we like to make a team and work with them. So I looked at it as I'm putting into this relationship for the dividends. I'd see it coming out later on. You know, sometimes you got to do that. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. Um, so you're all around doing um, jobs and, 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 and booking business, uh, various parts, TVs, movie, uh, or TV, movie, um, shorts. Um, what, what are the biggest creative and business mistakes you're seeing newcomers to acting making? Ooh, uh, biggest mistakes. Um, uh, yeah, on the creative and, and on the business side. I think part of it, at least I'm speaking specifically for actors right now, um, for people who don't have their own, basically their own resume. And when I say that, I mean the whole package. 
Like if somebody, if like when I meet you at a party and you're like, Hey, where can I find your stuff? I'm like, yeah, here's a basic website that you can do for free on so many, like I like WordPress or whatever. If you have a free website where that's just people can find basic information about you, have a real, have some semi current photos that actually look like you, um, have your online profiles that are so important for, you know, that our agents used to submit this is like, have that stuff up to date. And that's just the very much the paperwork side of it. Okay. I mean, just recently casting networks, which is a big online, um, breakdown site where they send out breakdowns for jobs. It used to be known basically for only commercials, mm-hmm. but just recently one of the big studios decided to move all of their projects over to casting networks instead of actors access where it used to be. And so there was this huge rush of all these actors like me included. I now had to put all of this information where I wasn't really focused on casting networks because I really don't book commercials very much. And so it was more of like just very basic information there where it was this huge kind of cluster of like, you have to figure out this new website. You have to get all your information imported over, which it's not really easy. You have to go manually type it all in. It's very much busy work. Right. Yeah. And I, and it's a lot of actors. I think sometimes they don't see the importance of that, of having like, that is where people see you, especially on the business side, those breakdown sites, that's where they see you. And like, that's where you need to be on your a game. Like everything needs to be up there. Like as soon as you have the information, get it up. Mm-hmm. As soon as I got my clips from, uh, my episode of MacGyver, like I got them clipped. I'm like, hey, here's a scene showing my stunts on the show. Here's a scene showing this on the show. It's like, and then paying the money and getting them up on your sites. And sometimes that is, um, it's just that business side of it, I think, where actors maybe don't see that as it's very important. Right. Yeah, that's um, very good. And so that would be my encouragement, I guess, the business side of that. The filmmaking side of it, I, I don't feel like I'm in that world enough to give a lot of um, to know. Oh no, you know, other, no, no, other than what I've seen from just making like my own short films, you know. No, not fi- not filmmaking. Just on the creative side of acting. Uh, yeah. What what mistakes do you see actors making creatively uh, mm-hmm. that you would say, "Ooh, that was you know not good from a from a creative standpoint or maybe craft standpoint as an actor." I think going back to making stuff, uh, being comfortable it, it, this, I think would be more to people who are starting out. Right. Um, cause my people who are working actors, they know all these things, but having the basic, don't be hung up on like taped auditions, for instance, are such a huge thing now. And it's so easy. Now you have, a, most people have a 4k or high def camera available in their pocket. It's their phone. Mm-hmm. It's there. And so don't get hung up on, oh, I have to find some high-tech camera to shoot these auditions with. No, you don't. Go online to Amazon and find a set of softbox lights for $100. You know, find a plain wall in your room or hang, you know, a plain sheet on it. Like, you have your studio. That's what it is. Like, that's – when I booked I've, – I've worked with uh, casting director Matt Sefik. He cast me on The Inspectors on CBS. He cast me on Mr. Mercedes. Uh, and he cast me on Homeland. And the first time I met him in person, I was talking with him, you know, kind of discussing this, you know, the new putting yourself on tape, all these things. And I told him my tape on my, on my phone and he had no idea because he's like, if you, you have a high definition camera, make sure your lighting is good. And so that's for young actors specifically, don't get scared about this whole taping thing. It's like, and don't wait, like you need to go do it. You need to start, you need to start taping yourself. Gotcha. Like find find a scene in a movie that you love where a character was did something really powerful, and type that scene out, and then set your camera up on a little tripod and tape yourself doing the scene. Like I do that 
I have a whole um, folder of monologues that I've printed out that I just work on monologue more on my own. It's kind of like, cause I'm not in acting class right now. Right. And so I think that's another thing. Like actors aren't spending the time in like putting the reps in basically yeah, watch cool. film, watch, watch film, like break characters down that you love, like find actors who are in your demographics that are doing stuff you should, you would be doing. Like I'm not going to be doing the same things Al Pacino would be doing, but I would might be in the same roles that maybe a Ryan Gosling or, you know, it's like, um, you know, that type of demographic. So I find actors like that and I watch the work they do and I try to steal from them. Yeah, I think you're twice as tall as Al Pacino. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) People would be surprised. Uh, That's very, that's very good. Um, I love this question. Um, I have to admit, uh, because we get some really interesting responses, but uh, if you had one month to teach someone how to act, what are the first three things you would teach? So you've got this new fresh actor. You've got one month to get them up to speed to make them competent. How do you do it? Three. What are those first three things you teach them? I think I would give them like a really solid script, like with a character I would want to see them basically play a scene from, like have them audition from. I'd give them, give them a, a script, number one. Mm-hmm. And just tell them to, to read it several times to really get a handle on the feeling of the entire script so they could feel who that character was to really kind of understand the feeling of them. Right. Um, I think number two, and then again, this is all off the cuff, just thinking through this thing, but I, I would sit down and get that, try to get a feel for who that person was like deep down, like who is like, if it were me, like, okay, who is Isaiah Stratton? Let's sit down and just, talk for several hours to get a feel for who that person is. Cause I think inside we hold a lot of blocks or, you know, like I, when I went to acting class one time, I met one of my friends, this was years ago and he had never been in love. Like you need to find that out about somebody really <laughs> quick. Cause if, if you put them in a scene, like in a notebook where they're trying right. to show they're in love with somebody, if they've never actually experienced that, I don't know that I need to know that. So like, That's Oh, you, point. You lost somebody very close to you, or you've never lost somebody close to you. That's huge. Like somebody who's never experienced loss in their life yet. Like you need to know that. And I guess identifying if there were some major blocks or some major things where they might need help getting over certain humps. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would, I would just give, like, give them a scene and then I would just start having them work on camera because so many new actors, when you put a camera in their face, I mean, you can do this to anybody. Go, home for holidays. If you pull, if people are just talking naturally and you pull your phone out and act like you start videoing them, people get very awkward because they're, they're aware of the camera. I think that would be the thing just to make that actor, he or she be like, look, just start, we're going to start just putting you in front of the camera. This is a camera. Like you need to know what it's like to live in front of the camera and then just forget it's there, but also not forget it's there. Know it's there because you need to know how to work your angles. You need to know how to work your eye lines. You need to know how to work with blocking while you're acting like you're not blocking you know, all these things and being starting getting comfortable in front of it. And whether that be just reading a monologue over and over and trying different things, moving around in front of the camera, I would start just getting their reps in front of a camera. I think that's fantastic. Um, and that was all obviously very much off the top of my head. <laughs> no, it's great. And, and um, I think having those sort of um, almost visceral, you know, immediate responses um, it sort of has the effect of, uh, of sort of bringing out, uh, 
what's most honest with, with the respondent. And that's, that's kind of, um, what we love about it. Whereas if we sent the, I think if we sent the questions in advance, um, that, that could have a different effect and the answers could potentially be more complete, could be even better, but it might be, uh, you might edited. miss something that's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I think, I think I, I, from what I just heard from you, the essence of, of who you are as an actor is, is you're saying, let's get comfortable in front of the camera and mm-hmm. let me know a little bit, something more about you. So I know what kind of shortcomings you have in terms of life experience. So I know what you can and cannot express. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone's really put it that way before, but I might not get that if, if, if you type it up, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So I, for I, think, sure. It's, I think it's cool. Um, a lighter question here. I think I only have two more left for you. Uh, okay. Which creatives do you most admire and want to emulate? And what do they do from a technical or skill standpoint that makes their work stand apart? I'm as an actor, I'm going to just to actors here. Um, I think just watching certain people and what they do just blows my mind sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Brady. Tom Brady, oh my gosh, Tom Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love yeah. Tom, I love Tom Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Hardy, um, I think as far as somebody that watching what they do and the sheer just nakedness of the emotion that they bring, like mm-hmm. the, it's like they're not hiding anything unless the character calls for it. It's like you're just getting all of it. Because I still feel that where it's almost like the a hindrance of I don't want to show – everything I've got just because that's the normal human thing where you always hide uh, certain things. But when you just give emotions and then, I mean, Ryan Gosling too. I mean, I watch drive and I watch Lars and the real girl at least once a year. Um, just for one, for the stillness and the other for just like kind of this broken vulnerability. Mm-hmm. They're just so amazing to watch as far as what I learned. And am I, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm exactly answering what you asked in the question. Sorry, if you could, can you kind of rephrase that question again of what you were asking? No, absolutely. And I think that, you know, the, you definitely answered part one, which is, you know, okay. which, which actress creatives do you admire and want to emulate? The second part of it is what do they do from a technical or skill standpoint that makes okay. their work stand apart for you? Yeah. I think that there's this stillness that I think a lot of, and, and I've, I know I've done it where you feel like you get in front of a camera and, and you feel like, okay, I need to act cause I'm an actor. I need to do something. And it's, that's not the point. The point is to just embody the character and whatever they're doing, whether that's just sitting there, not doing anything, which I, I just saw, um, I think to kind of verbalize this, I saw an ad for, I think it was, is Helen Mirren doing an acting, um, a masterclass or something, but she had one point where she, they said whatever action. And she just walked over and sat in a chair. And then she said that what I did was just one of the hardest things basically just to act, but not act, just be myself while a camera is rolling. Because if you're aware a camera is rolling, you immediately start being aware of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And to have a complete freedom from that, to just be who you are in front of the camera, I think is, uh, I think that's the goal of any actor to get there. And so I think watching Tom Hardy has this, this kind of stillness. And I, I've heard it said that he stole it from, he probably stole it from Brando and Brando probably stole it from someone else. But a lot of it is not giving your eyes to the camera. A lot of times just with the head being down or head averted because so much of like, obviously when you're in camera, you want to see the eyes. That's where the life is. That's where the emotion is. Right. And a lot of times he doesn't give that to the camera for long times, but when he does, it's so powerful. Like there's a, there's a reason that he does it. 
And I love that as far as like kind of holding, holding back from the camera. It's a very powerful technique. I feel. That's fantastic, man. Uh, good stuff. Uh, last one, uh, in your opinion, what are the top three online resources for helping actors? Uh, <laughs> again, when you say just the first thing that pops in your head, I just thought YouTube mm-hmm. because you can watch clips of almost anything and watch interviews of almost anyone and watch behind the scenes of almost anything. And so like, I, like I mentioned the off camera with Sam Jones, there's so many good personal uh, stories, you know, with actors. I love to watch there. Uh, so YouTube is definitely, and I wouldn't ever downplay the ability that you can find, you know, things you can find on YouTube. And then it goes the other way too, things you can put up, you know, you can shoot a little short on your phone, you know, you can do a, a private link and you can share it. It's not like, Oh, I have to figure out where to put this. And, and you, you have immediately can broadcast it to people. If you want to get feedback. Yes. Uh, right. Another thing would be um, director's commentaries on DVDs. Because mm-hmm. most DVDs come, if you go into special features, and most of them come with a director doing commentary through the entire film. And that's a straight up, I mean, you get to sit there and listen to, I mean, world class directors talk about their movie for two hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, who wouldn't pay for that? And like, most people have an entire library of that sitting on their shelf and they don't even realize it. Like, um, Warrior is one of a favorites of mine again, coming back to Tom Hardy, mm-hmm. but, um, and Joel Edgerton, I really love too. And so I've watched that movie a bunch of times that I watched it uh, a few days ago like with the director commentary and the director and Joel Edgerton were talking about it. And there's so many things you learn and you pull from it. Um, is there, that's anywhere, a huge one. is there anywhere those notes exist online? I wonder if anyone's compiled those and put them on the internet. I don't know because a lot of times it's just, these guys are just sitting there and, I forget ones, uh, maybe it was Blue Ruin I was watching with the director commentary. I, I don't want to say it's the wrong one, but they're just sitting there and they're literally like, yeah, we're just cracking a beer open. We're going to have a beer with each other while we talk about this movie we made. And so it's it's so relaxed. It's like almost like what you said to me where you're catching the kind of the immediate, the visceral. Maybe they wouldn't have said this in a normal interview if they got the questions ahead of time. But it's kind of like, oh, that scene. We never talk about how that scene happened. You know, like this is hilarious. That scene wasn't even supposed to be in the movie. It was just a complete accident. I'm like, wow, that's just gold. And so um, getting – just watching director's commentaries. And then, man, honestly, the public library because there are so many older films. I go and watch older films because a lot of them – I don't have – you know, the blockbuster is gone now. Redbox, a lot of it is a lot more of the current films. Mm -hmm. And a lot of actors are like, oh, man, I don't want to pay for Hulu, and I don't pay for Netflix, and I don't pay for Amazon Prime, and I don't want to pay for – I'm like, you know what? Library card's free, and at least in Nashville, I can just go online in my account, and I can search anywhere in the entire Nashville public library system. Like, oh, Godfather 2. I've never seen – oh, I've never seen Dead Poet Society. I'm like, oh, I can reserve it. And they're like, hey, which branch do you want it sent to? And they send it to the branch that I go to nearest my house, and then they email me when it's there, and I just drive over and pick it up, and it's free. And so there's just a wealth of like the old films, older films, um, and then books too. I'm a huge reader, and so I read all the time. And that's another thing. I'm, I just finished a book, uh, Making Movies, uh, Sidney Lumet. Mm-hmm. And so I read. I, I, the library is amazing. I think something people, people just forget about it because it's just like this old thing. When you were little, you would go to the library, but now people don't really. Right. And even if people aren't readers, it's a huge wealth for finding older films. It absolutely is. And, and, uh, I have to say I'm a proud uh, 
user of the National Public Library app. And <laughs> well, there you go. I didn't. They have an app. What? Yeah, they have an app. It's it's. Fantastic. I'm gonna download that then. Yeah, and that takes. Um, I know you're going on the web, but but that takes the process off the web and onto your phone, and you can kind of do the same thing. So I would awesome. um, I would definitely recommend that. So well, thanks, uh, uh, Isaiah. Tell everyone where they can find you on social media, on the internet, and elsewhere. Uh, so my, I have my website, isaiahstratton.com, which I, again, like I said earlier, I just have a, I just built a, or did a basic free WordPress site. And then I bought my, my name, my domain name several years ago and just kind of linked them together. Uh, so I keep just, you know, my, my resume is updated there, some, some pictures and then like short films that I have done or some ones that I've worked on. I keep a list there. So a lot of times when people will ask, Hey, where, whatever I seen you, what have I done? I just send them a link. Here's my website and you can go on the short films page. You can watch a bunch of short films. I've done a ton of different characters. My reel is there. And then I'm on Instagram and Twitter as well. At Isaiah Stratton. Uh, so I like to kind of keep up there. I feel like social media sometimes encroaches so much. Sometimes I'm like, Oh, I need to go post something. Cause it's easier to just kind of get sucked into that world. And it's kind of healthy to get away from it sometimes, but I know it's a necessary evil. So I am on there as well. That is perfect. Uh, uh for sure. So, uh, with that, I, I want to thank you again for taking the time to do this. Uh, I know you, you're very busy. You're headed to Atlanta tomorrow. You got some things going on. And so, uh, for you to take this time out to help, uh, the other creatives out there in the world, other actors, uh, it means a ton, uh, to us. So, uh, thank you again. Yeah, of course, man. Glad to do it. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. All right. Be good. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Make It Podcast. To find more information on this week's creative, including links to their projects, social media, and transcripts of this interview, please visit our website at www.bonsai.film forward slash podcast. If you haven't already, you can join our podcast community on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Bonsai Creative and on Facebook by searching for Bonsai Creative. And of course, if you're looking to take a big step towards your filmmaking success, go to www.bonsai.film and click on Show Me How to schedule a free discovery meeting and needs assessment. You have everything to gain. Until next time, be better, be creative, be engaged. And thank you for listening.